the city of Monmouth. We do have Mayor Rod Davies. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Vanessa. Also with us, Lou Steinbrecher, our city administrator. Good morning, Lou. Good morning, Vanessa. Also, Ken Helms, who is the communications director. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Good to see you all. You had a short meeting last night, but certainly have some items to go over. Sure did. Uh, we had a really good uh, project. Uh, maybe I can jump in ahead of uh, Ken for a minute, but uh, our water superintendent, Richard Nelson, had been monitoring our water distribution system with the help of Ken Helms. They'd been placing pressure meeting, reading, meters to get readings throughout our water distribution system. They had a theory that when our high service pumps kick on, those are the big motors, they're 200 horse motors, and they pump about 2,000 gallons a minute of water through the system, and they, it's necessary in order to, you know, fill our water towers, and uh, there's a lot of pressure in that column that, you know, that it takes to get over that to get the water forced up into the water towers. And those pumps come on and off, creating like a hydraulic pressure in the system, or that was the theory. And I think Ken helped them out and uh, put some meters out. Ken, mm -hmm. maybe you touch on that a little bit. And yeah, this is, uh, this is something that uh, Richard had brought to us from uh, his experience in Galesburg and in the uh, general uh, water systems throughout uh, the area. Uh, what it is, uh, like Mayor Davies said, um, there can be these things they call uh, transient pressure uh, fluctuations. Basically, uh, sometimes people see it in their faucets uh, if they have, say, a bad valve in a uh, faucet in their bathroom or in their kitchen. It's kind of that little wumba, 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 wumba mm -hmm. thing that you hear. Uh, that can occur in water mains as well um, and it usually happens when there's either very heavy demand uh, that's turning on all of a sudden or if uh, all of a sudden that demand stops and you know we have a lot of large water consumers in Monmouth that kind of thing so Richard was kind of wondering if maybe we didn't have um, some kind of uh, pressure that's not equalizing out so uh, he ordered these little uh, pressure sensors that we were actually able to put on the hydrants and at the water plant um, and they basically monitored it uh, every minute um, and then when it activated it monitored it more uh, closely so we were able to do a full uh, trend graph to see exactly when it was uh, there was huge demand on the system that kind of thing and then we put that against some other information that we had on the uh, SCADA system and it was able to determine that it was when those high service pumps uh, turn on okay. so uh, it was basically an all on all off kind of thing it was like a uh, a light switch um, in your house and these vfds that we're talking about um, installing uh, basically act like a dimmer switch uh, so it gradually turns it on gradually turns it off um, and it really helps the pressure in the system so we're yeah, it uh, and it also help will help uh, long term save with our energy costs, so we don't have that big spike when the those big motors kick on and then shut off. Uh, so uh, the the project to replace all four of our high service pumps with new motors and variable frequency devices, those things that allow the motors to start slowly and slow down. Uh, over time slowly then uh, that will help levelize this pressure it also helps with our uh, electricity demand and so in fact um, 
uh, Amron is going to give us a $60,750 credit uh, for uh, if we install these devices as, a, as an incentive. So they're, they're very uh, interested in having that change as well from, from their perspective. So it's a $172,000 project. We get 60750 of it back uh, from Amron. So the, the, the net cost will be about a hundred eleven thousand uh, dollars and uh, we really think it will uh, not only save energy but certainly save some of the big breaks we've been experiencing in some of the larger mains and uh, uh, we found that they were blowing some holes in those mains about the size of a football which uh, we've really uh, yeah had to deal with and so I, I think this is really going to help a lot of those things. Well, good for the the water superintendent Richard Nelson for finding a way to save energy as well as um, getting the Amron credit. And uh, if this can help us with these water mains that break consistently, mm-hmm. I mean we're we're at more than six a year it seems like, oh, and yeah. sometimes the same ones. And then the winter isn't going to help. So no. any way to be prepared to save on on uh, your guys, you know, all the work they have to do. That would be great. Yeah, if we can slow down some of those demands at night so mm-hmm. guys aren't going out in the middle of the night and uh, it's tough on them and equipment and everything else. So, yeah, it'll be good. And, uh, um, you know, we're still going to have the breaks in the old, old mains. And, you know, those this probably won't affect that much. But it, the, the ones we were experiencing, the large uh, transmission lines, um, I, I think we figured out uh, something that shouldn't have been happening. Okay. And I do have to give a, uh, a plug to Ameren because uh, over the last few years, we've worked with Ameren a lot on different grants, whether it's to put more energy-efficient lighting in um, in City Hall or the fire department or the police department, uh, even our water plants. Basically, everywhere we've tried to put more energy-efficient uh, usage in there. And with the VFDs, we've also done that at the uh, wastewater treatment plant as well and every single time there's been a grant from Ameren to to help out with that um, that's really lowered uh, the cost by the time you start adding in um, all these different components it it can really start to be pretty expensive and with this VFD project another thing that's kind of an upgrade to it uh, is we're going to have SCADA integration in our new project as well so we'll be able to see a lot more of the data that's coming through um, which that's all used to make the plant run a lot more efficient right Um, that's how we're able to uh, run the plants with so low of chemical usage Um, it just it it really saves the uh, the the town quite a bit of money in in operating costs overall because all those little things start to add up cumulatively Mm -hmm. so if if we can cut a little bit here a little bit there off to make it run more efficient it that helps lower your water rates well, and it's very interesting that you say that, Ken, because the SCADA is certainly going to provide efficiency in many ways for the city of Monmouth's water system. But what's interesting is you and I are working on, uh, with the local banks, putting together a cybersecurity mm-hmm. uh, panel, a forum, uh, coming up in early November. One of the concerns, though, is you're also an in information technology, mm-hmm. how to protect the city of Monmouth's wastewater treatment or water system uh, with SCADA because of the attempted hacks throughout the the nation that are going on that Mm -hmm. have affected other small cities and large cities across the U.S. It is. uh, So the city has had a uh, SCADA, and I throw that term out because the the full term is really geeky. It's uh, supervisory control and data acquisition, which is a mouthful. 
I'm sure nobody wants to hear me say that a bunch of times. So SCADA it is. Yes, yes. And we've had it in place um, controlling both the wastewater plants and the uh, clean water plants for probably uh, since 2005, 2002, mm-hmm. somewhere in that era. era. Um, it really got heavily integrated. Um, and the thing is, just like with all SCADA systems, when that was initially designed, it was made for manufacturing plants. Uh, nobody ever foresaw that having remote access or having just the the threat landscape that we currently have um, with cybersecurity. So since then, um, a few months ago, uh, city council approved a uh, upgrade project that we're doing, um, and that was funded through uh, proceeds that were derived from the landfill sale. And uh, that's going to up a lot of our cybersecurity, going to allow um, our operators uh, secure remote access to it, which when they're able to do that, um, that has a direct impact on manpower um, if they have to come in in the middle of the night to check and see uh, what certain alarms are that are going off, that kind of thing. Uh, but of course, with all that, um, the feds have put a lot of mandates uh, to really harden uh, systems, do different things like that. Okay. It's on your mind. <laughs> it is. Uh, probably every day. Keeps you up at night sometimes, I bet. Yep. Okay, uh, uh, Mayor Davies, yep. what's next on your list? Well, I think uh, Lou's going to take care of the uh, request we had to close the 200 block of West Archer by ICS. Yes, uh, Immaculate uh, Conception School uh, requested uh, uh, to have uh, to close the 200 block of West Archer. Uh, Archer on Friday, October 29th for their um, annual uh, chili dinner and trunk and treat uh, event. And they um, also asked that in the event that there might be a sporting event that conflicts with uh, that evening to uh, have the option of moving it to Thursday, uh, October 28th uh, in in that case um, so that they could undertake um, those activities out there um, in the street. And the council uh, approved that request. Okay. And uh, there's going to be events going on, and I do believe that the fire chief uh, has also stated that the Monmouth Fire Department is going to have a, uh, a kitty event for um, uh, uh, candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they actually started that a couple, three years ago. Um, it was delayed uh, last year because of uh, COVID mm-hmm. concerns, of course. But uh, what, where that is, that's held at the North Fire Station, just right off Industrial Road, and they hold it there. Uh, the kids can come walk inside uh, the truck bay. It's a giant open area, and they have uh, all the different fire apparatus set up so the kids can look at it and do that kind of thing. And that's kind of like just stations. They go around, uh, interact with the firefighters and any other uh, emergency responders that are there. Uh, the police department usually has uh, somebody there as well, and they just kind of... Uh, interact with them, get some candy. Um, it, it nice little positive thing. Yes, it is, and it's a safe thing. That's what's cool. ICS and and uh, Monmouth Fire Department. I'm sure there's others out there that mm-hmm. I don't know about yet, but that have these type of events so that kids can wander around uh, in a in a safe environment and interact with other kids. They'll have masks on, obviously, with their mm-hmm. outfits, and get some safe uh, candy. You remember when we grew up? You had to wait for your parents to sift through the candy. Mm-hmm. Just in case that, you know, somebody slips something in they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also had the police department monthly report that Chief Schweitzer gave. 
Um, he reported that there was no major incidents that occurred at the Prime Beef Parade or the festival this year, and uh, no incidents at the beer tent at the festival or at the demo derby as well. Uh, they did have one squad car that required a new water pump and catalytic converter, uh, but that was all covered under warranty, and uh, they had some various recall stuff that they had to do too. Um, so those are all back up and operational. And then lastly, there's been an Illinois law change uh, regarding uh, the way that police and schools conduct uh, active shooter drills. Uh, as many have probably heard uh, in the past, our police department has been very engaged with the school district in doing some really comprehensive ALICE training. Um, that is, it, it, it's a whole technique, um, a, a whole curriculum that's taught to the students on how to prepare, um, what options they have, that kind of different thing, if they're ever found in an active shooter situation. Um, while shooting events um, and, and active events like that at schools uh, aren't common and we have a very safe uh, school district here all that stuff um, that training lays the foundation for when those students end up going into uh, the world basically when they go into college when they go into the workplace um, different things like that so it, it lays a great foundation however now there's been a law change um, at the state level not at the local level that has prohibited the use of uh, active shooter drills when students are present. So the police department can still train the teachers, but the students, uh, they can basically, basically go no further than a standard lockdown drill. Um, so that would be basically, you know, exactly as it sounds. Um, because of that, uh, that's really going to impact the way that the uh, officers do the ALICE training, that kind of thing, um, which is unfortunate, but hopefully we've done enough training that um, the ones that are currently in school are able to uh, retain that knowledge. How does Lieutenant Bratcher feel about this? Because he's really been the number one guy for ALICE training for over a decade. He has. And he's made an impact on students' lives that go on to college where something may occur mm -hmm. there. It's not just about an active shooter. It's about an uncomfortable, unpleasant yeah. moment that is a fight-or-flight situation that other students have come on to say that yes. uh, in the past that that helped them in some other way down the road, whether it was a busy you know, uh, intersection or, or uh, uh, airport a, a mm -hmm. college situation in a in a crowded bar late at night you know all kinds of different ways that that's been helpful mm -hmm. yeah it, exactly and that's the kind of thing that you can only acquire that experience through training um, and you want to acquire that experience through training you do not want to acquire that experience through an actual real life event because right. when a real life event occurs um, it, that's not the time to be figuring out how to put the wheel on how to do all that good stuff it sure. is um it, you kind of want to have it be muscle memory and at least uh, know that you have the ability to maintain a calm, uh, confident, and cool head when that happens. And that's mm -hmm. derived from training. Unfortunately, um, like most laws in Illinois, they're derived, um, you know, in the metro area. And they're, for whatever reason, whether there was negative experiences or there was concerns about the mental well-being mm -hmm. of the students, in those particular metro areas, it has now became a state law where we can't uh, train that way. So okay. 
um, if anybody's listening, um, that this is always a good time to contact your legislatures on uh, new law changes. And they are in veto session right now, mm-hmm. so this is a very good time to contact Representatives Dan Swanson or Noreen Hammond, uh, as well as Randy Freeze or State Senator Jill Tracy about uh, various different mm-hmm. uh, topics. There are a lot of laws. Uh, basically, they spent the year of COVID not meeting, and so there's been a lot of fast-paced um, um, uh, chances for them to get uh, some laws on the books. So, uh, so yeah, it's tough. That's tough because um, what's saddest about it all is the four of us know what it's like to go to school and not have to worry about a, an active shooter. That's the mm-hmm. saddest part of all is we didn't have to deal with this as as youngsters growing up, and it's just too awful doggone bad that our, our young people have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like I said, uh, schools, schools uh, for the most part, uh, with limited incidents and definitely nothing here, um, are safe. Uh, colleges are safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Workplaces are generally safe. However, workplaces do have a very high... Uh, in relation to schools incidents of you know workplace violence different things like that and um, with most workplaces uh, you know you're doing your job um, you're being productive you're doing all that kind of thing and a lot of times there isn't time made for this kind of training plus um, you're already an adult by that point sure. um, the the best skills are always learned when you're a child so. and was this typically done at the high school level not at the little kids age right uh, it, it so it was in a structured environment so basically um, when they were younger, um, they didn't get uh, the same type of training that they get in the school. So basically every year they add something new on gotcha. to it. So when they're uh, younger kids, they're taught, um, you know, to avoid the wolf. Um, and you played the wolf. Yes, yes, that's correct. And uh, so it's all done with the consideration for the uh, children's well-being when they're doing that. And so they just get a little bit more skills every single year. Um, but unfortunately, I, I don't know if the sponsors on this bill had gone through analysis training before um, to actually see what it was like. Or maybe they did and they had um, not a standardized type training and had a bad experience. I'm not for sure. Though. Okay. Well, like you said, it is a law. So we will we will have to work and adapt and adjust, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for letting everybody know about that. So, because I, I know you guys usually, someone texts us usually when there's Alice training so that people know nothing's going on at the school. It is Alice training being conducted is why you see officers uh, on site there. Anything else regarding the city of Monmouth? Any any word on um, the paint that Andy's been waiting on? You know, it's still still back ordered. Is it really? No, Since it really April? is. Yeah, wow. It still is. We, uh, uh, we've been trying to get the lines and curbs painted we've been trying to do that all year and it's been very frustrating that i don't understand exactly why specialized paint for the streets is mm-hmm. still on back order but but it is i guess the has to come in through the ports like everything else and they're certainly backed up as we can see watching the news so um we're you know, at this point, it's late enough in the year. We probably wait till spring. But yeah, no, we're we do not have that yet. Okay. And what's our theory or preparation plans for our potholes as we get ready for the first sto- uh, snowfall? Uh, what's what's our best plan of action? Because next year, I know you're going to be busy doing some resurfacing of roads. Yeah, we do have a, a, a road project. I know um, our. Andy's had our street engineers out driving some roads and getting some grades on in relation to, you know, what infrastructure condition is underneath and trying to do as much as we can, uh, you know, uh, where we've 
where we, A, don't have infrastructure. We tried to do the worst first and then gauge that with infrastructure condition and where there isn't infrastructure and we can go ahead and fix. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're working on that. And uh, we've been studying on a spray patch machine. I don't know if that's something we're doing our homework on to see if that's worth the investment uh, to uh, that seems to last longer than just some of the coal patch but we're we're working on a number of approaches and uh, and I think we did a couple of uh, of uh, oil and chip streets to kind of look to see how that might hold up in some of the worst ones where we do have some infrastructure that need to be addressed but you know still want to try to do something so we're looking into a lot of different avenues there and so I know we've got a, a two streets we're going to do yet this fall uh, we did uh, water main repair and uh, i think it's about the 900 block on south uh, second uh, i think and uh, so there's a block there we're going to redo and then we're just getting ready to do um i think it's the 400 block uh, on uh, north fifth street replace that main so we'll have to put some pavement back there too so there's been multiple multiple breaks on that stretch of water main so we're it's um, it's gotten beyond uh, repair, so we're going to get that block replaced, and uh, so we'll have to patch that road back up, too. So, um, you know, it's always ongoing, and we have a couple of projects in the works as soon as final funding arrives, right. and we're that's been a little frustrating for all of us, too. So we're, uh, we're moving forward and trying to figure out ways to get things uh, fixed up for everybody. Okay, sounds good. Anything else you all want to add? That's about it. I think that's about okay. all of it. Thank you very much for the updates. I appreciate it. That is, that is Mayor Rod Davies with us, City Administrator Lou Steinbrecher, and Communications Director Ken Helms from the City of Monmouth. You've been listening to the Community Hour, which is brought to you by Security Savings Bank, part of your community, part of your life, member FDIC. This is WRAM, Monmouth, Illinois. Here's your ABC News already in progress.